Hello, students, doctors, and aspiring EM physicians. I'm your host, Yusuke Kishimoto, and welcome to the R Squared Road to Residency podcast. Today is part two of Coming at You Live from AEM 2023 out in Louisiana. Today, we're joined by two special guests. Our first guest is our lovely Jasmine Custodio, who joined us last episode. Our second guest is my good friend, roommate, and member of AEM RSA's Cabinet of Delegates, Parker Howard. Thank you, Yusuke, for having me back. Um, just a reminder, I'm Jasmine Custodio. I'm an incoming PGY1 or PGY0, which is limbo, essentially. So thanks for having me back. Uh, hello, everyone. My name is Parker Howard. I'm also an incoming PGY0 slash PGY1 to steal some of Jasmine's terminology. Thanks for having me. Today, the three of us will be compiling our personal experiences and how you could best prepare for your interviews. As mentioned in previous episodes, something that I harp on a lot is that we hope that you've kept up with the triple R, the residency research resources, in expanding your programs of interest. These include the Emmer Match, Frida, and the Residency Explorer. Individual programs of interest on their website and homepage is also a great way to find out more information on that program. You can also be following the research and works of specific faculty members that may be attending your programs of interest. Here's some things to consider before going into your interview. Uh, there's a couple different interview uh, options offered. There is virtual interviews after COVID, and there's also in-person interviews that are starting back up. However, most interviews are virtual, and I think that will continue into next year's uh, match process. If it is a virtual interview, make sure your internet speed connection has no lag. It's clean and uncluttered in terms of yourself and your surroundings, and that you always are professionally dressed and well-kempt. This just seems kind of obvious, but uh, kind of treat it like you would a job interview where you have uh, you know, sterile mind, sterile body, sterile clothes, and everything like that. If it's an in-person interview, this is slightly different because you will be traveling to the area, but prepare your flight and rooming much like you're going on a vacation or a special trip because you want to make sure that everything is in place before you get there, while you're there, and then after so that you can focus on your interview. This is things like making sure your clothes are unwrinkled, making sure you have proper sets of clothes and also stuff for uh, you know events after or before the interview. Always arrive early. This goes for virtual and in-person interviews. You want to arrive at least five minutes early. Uh, something that my parents always told me is if you're five minutes early, you're late. So make sure you're there early. Uh, and this is not always recommended, but can help. Uh, people do this in different ways, but do some research on the people that will be interviewing you if you have a schedule. This will help kind of fill some gaps in time. And you can also talk about their interests as well, which will increase your perceived interest with the program. And it will also help, uh, you know, ask some questions of the people that are interviewing you. You can also find things that you share passions with, you know, the interviewers or the residents. I think this is very important as interviews, you know, they might be talking about your experiences, but you want to also talk about their experiences if you can. This really helps establish a rapport with the people that you're interviewing with, and it'll show that you're interested in not only the program, but the people in the program as well. Also do some research about the hospital, the PD and their tenure there, and the surrounding area if you're unfamiliar, uh, especially about the PD and what they've done, you know, when they got to the program or, you know, different legacies that they have within the program. It really helps, again, filling those gaps and, and showing your interest with the program. These can all be found on the program's website, as Yusuke was talking about. And some of these things can be found on uh, the different uh, resources that Yusuke talked about before. Also, you will get an initial presentation that the hospitals are doing. It's really good to take notes during that because when you have the notes from the actual presentation of the hospital, it's again, it just shows that you're interested in the program. 
you have some things to ask questions about, and then you can fill some of those gaps in time during the interview. So there are a few common questions that are always asked in every interview. This can be in whatever specialty, EM or not. The very first thing that is usually asked is, tell me about yourself. This is essentially just a two to three minute quick elevator pitch of who you are. Things to cover during these two to three minutes, your name, your hometown, your undergrad, medical school, work experience, specific interests, passions, hobbies. You can usually throw in there how you became interested into emergency medicine or just even how you became interested into going into medicine in general. Something else that gets asked is why or why not emergency medicine? So in about three to five minutes, tell the interviewers, honestly, what motivates you towards the field? This is usually an experience, usually with a loved one, or it can just be your experience during clinicals that made you realize, hey, this is what I want to do. You could draw upon um, things that you've put in your personal statement, but they probably already know that and they read through it because that's why they're interviewing you. Adding more or something that was not said can really set you apart. They may also ask you qualities about the specialty that you might not enjoy. So something that programs like to see is if you understand the full scope of the program itself and in the specialty, because there are always highs and lows. Something else that can be asked is why our program? This question should be a breeze if you did your homework. As talked about previously, going on the website, seeing quickly what their mission is about what their patient population is about, how they structure their years from PGY1 all the way to PGY3 or 4, who are the key players, the program director, the chair, who heads each kind of section. These are things that can be done and already um, seen and what little things that drew you to be able to apply there. But this can also be as simple as the location. Like, it's close to home. I want to be close to home. And that is an okay answer. It's better to be honest than to lie. So you do not have to have an elaborate answer all the time, especially newer programs tend to not have all this information on their website. And sometimes you're like, it's a new program, but it's close to home. And I love that. Next, we'll talk about strengths and weaknesses. This question takes some time of ample introspective self-reflection. Strengths, tend to be easier to answer, right? Are you a leader? Are you a personable person? Are you a hard worker? Do you not need a lot of time to develop a skill? You know how to be a team player. Do you know how to support your fellow residents? These are qualities that you see in yourself that can make you a great candidate and a future EM physician. Now, weaknesses tend to be a little bit harder. We used to be told you want to try to disguise a weakness as a strength, but actually this can be a little hurtful to you. They want to see that you can actually look into yourself and see where improvement is needed. So you can show that you're trying to improve the weakness, but not necessarily flip the weakness into a strength. A common one that tends to be used a lot is people say their weakness is that they tend to never say no to work. Like they always want to do more and more. They try to flip it into like, oh, but that shows I can take on a lot of tasks. That's not exactly what interviewers tend to look for. So just something to keep in mind. Next, where do you see yourself in five or 10 years? 
Interviewers want to see how far ahead you have thought through your academic and professional endeavors. Things to consider that you can talk about is you want to pursue a fellowship, maybe teaching opportunities, or be more active in community medicine, maybe even travel to other countries or internationally for locums work. Possibilities are endless. Something else that they talk about also is if not medicine, what would you have pursued? So being dedicated to medicine is great, especially since it will be the occupation you'll be deciding the next few decades on. But interviews also want to see what interests you have outside of the hospital. So you can talk about a hobby or a passion, something that you're great at that can reduce burnout and maintain a healthy lifestyle and mental health. Some other smaller questions to consider that they just might ask are, tell me something that's not on your ERAS application. Here, they want to see what else are you? Again, they want to draw from your personality and see another side of you that isn't written on documents or paper. What do you look for in a co-worker or co-resident? This question is another way of saying what kind of personality would be a good fit as a resident to thrive in a cooperative and stressful environment, as well as asking you if you have these qualities within yourself, dedicated, honest, and respectful. They may also flip this and ask what kind of qualities would be unfit for a co-worker or co-resident, lazy, untrustworthy, or disrespectful. This leads into, how do you handle conflict? Here they want to hear specific examples of something you've encountered, and how did you manage or diffuse the situation, and the outcome or resolution of the issue at hand. They may also ask, your most memorable or difficult patient. If you've had previous patient care experience prior to medical school, PA, NP, EMT, paramedic, search and rescue, or even PT, this is where you can shine. Talk about your experiences and how they've helped you as a third or fourth year medical student and how it can continue to help you as an incoming intern for their program. After their questions, you'll also be asked if you have any questions for them. This is where research both into the program and the interviewer comes into play, like the notes I was talking about before. And it's just as important as the questions that they ask you because it allows you to stand out from others by having insightful questions that aren't just how do you like working in this hospital or town or how do you like working in the program? Again, the hospital or program website has a ton of details about the program and the hospital and sometimes about the individual physicians that will be interviewing you as well as the residents. Make sure you look here first before doing research on Reddit and forums, et cetera, because you want to bounce off of the facts that they're giving you rather than uh, personal experiences from other applicants. These questions can go multiple ways. You can and have to be literate in the challenges facing different areas of emergency medicine and of the hospital itself. So you can ask how they manage workflow, how they decrease wait times, how they, uh, you know, handle their census from day to day, especially post COVID. These are a lot of challenges that face emergency medicine. And by asking these questions, you can help stand out and look insightful. It also shows that you're genuinely interested in the hospital itself and in the field of emergency medicine. You can also mention things that were talked about during the initial presentation. And you ask questions specifically about things that they presented sometimes they will include things that they want you to talk about or that they want to talk about. So this also plays into what they presented to you. Be sure to do your homework on the program details, the fellowship opportunities, and reading through the FAQ section, because often the doctors don't want to answer the questions that are presented in the FAQ section, and that's why it's on the website. So again, it helps you stand out from others. Nothing says I didn't read your website more than asking about the program length or other basic details. Next, I wanted to talk about how to build a strong list of questions to ask your program. When programs are interviewing you, they'll want to uh, have you ask certain questions about the program. 
This gives an idea uh, for your interviewers of different areas of interest you have of the program. And it also allows you to show the knowledge that you have of the program and knowledge that you have of the interviewer themselves. So you want to bring a strong list of questions. Uh, for example, you want to ask how the department's relationship is with the other specialties in the hospital. This is very important for emergency medicine because we'll often be consulting multiple different specialties within one shift. And it's good to have a good connection and working relationship with the other specialties and residencies. So this is a good question to ask because it shows that you're familiar with the job description of what we're going to be doing outside of the patient care aspect of emergency medicine within the ER itself. You also might want to ask what the resident wellness activities, events, and retreats are that they host. Most residency programs will do this. Uh, this is a very big aspect of emergency medicine. Uh, sometimes people will be burnt out. There's a lot of really... Uh, odd things that we see in the emergency department. And uh, this helps for you to know and for them to know that you are thinking of wellness initiatives of a program uh, because it shows your interest in interacting with your fellow residents and the faculty. Like I said, you know, emergency medicine is a very uh, interesting specialty and in that you'll see a lot of different uh, pathologies and you'll have a lot of hard conversations with patients. But it also shows that you're very interested in interacting with your fellow residents and faculty because this is a very social specialty. And the residents and attendings will often host social events to bring together the entire department. And this is important for networking and building relationships with your residents and attendings. And it shows you're a social applicant that they can kind of count upon to be that social resident that will often interact with uh, other people outside of your class. You also want to ask about any recent changes, improvements, or additions in the program. A lot of people love this question, especially during interviews that I had because it shows that you want to get to know where the program is at and where it's going. Often people have initiatives, specific faculty members, specific residents, specific PDs, you know, or APDs will have kind of their baby and something that they want to focus on. Uh, this question will get them kind of going on that topic, right? It will show you what they're interested in and what they want to bring to the program and what they want to farther within the program. And by talking about these improvements, it kind of allows you to talk to them about something else besides, uh, you know, just asking very basic questions and very, uh, you know, things that you want to get to know, like volume of the ED or, you know, the demographic of the patients. And it allows you to really talk about their specific things that they like about the program and things that they want to improve about it and things that they have improved. And it helps build a rapport with the interviewer when you're talking with them. And for me, at least, it really helped me kind of build that rapport with the interviewer and talk to them more about stuff that they're interested in rather than stuff that's just basic and about the program. You also want to talk about a range of pathologies, demographics, and the ability to meet procedure requirements. I know I just said that you don't want to talk about this, but this is still fairly important. Uh, we you know, work and live in very diverse areas of the U.S. There are very diverse demographics. Uh, depending on where you're at. There's a large difference between urban populations versus community populations versus academic populations. And that goes both for the populations of patients as well as the hospitals themselves. These are the three big differentials between the different types of hospitals and the different types of programs that you'll have. In an urban population, you'll have a lot of penetrating trauma. In a community setting, you'll have a more uh, increased involvement with the nursing staff and increased involvement with your patients, you'll often get many different people that will come in multiple different times and you'll kind of 
perform that primary care role with the patients that you're seeing. And then in an academic hospital, you get the referrals and you'll get the things you don't see very often, whether that be burn stuff like a Stevens Johnson syndrome or something else that doesn't really show up in your community setting or when you do, you'll transfer it out. So this is very important because your preference should be your decision. If you wanna see these zebras, as we would call them, you know, as you've heard over your clinical years, then you might want to go to the academic hospital. If you want to be more involved in the community and maybe you've lived there, you know, in the place you're interviewing, maybe you want to be involved in the community more. So you want to be in a community hospital. Maybe you want to be in an urban hospital because you like trauma more and, uh, and you want to work with the underserved population. But this is all up to your preference. Um, and you kind of take the triangle of these three separate uh, preferences that you might have and you decide what you want more. And it really all depends upon your preference. And so you can talk to the attendings, you can talk to the residents about this, and you can get an idea of what they have. And then you can talk to them about that and what you like or don't like about the program as a result of their uh, patient population and where they're physically at, whether it's in a city, in a community setting, or it's a big academic center that has a ton of specialties. You can also talk about what they're most proud of in their program. This is very, very, very important because if they are proud of a specific aspect of the program, not only have you just asked them what the program is doing to make the program better, but you can ask about what they've already done. Uh, and this is important. And sometimes you can connect these processes. It lets you see the vibe and the general understanding of the people that they have within their own program and what they like the most. It also lets you know what that faculty member or resident is proud of and what they've personally brought to the program and stressed within the program. This gives you common ground, much like you ask what the improvements are or what is in the pipeline and what they're very proud of uh, that's already happened within the program. And then again, this just gives you something else to talk about. This is a very social process and it allows you to talk with those attendings and residents about what they've already done or what they're proud of their class doing. Uh, a lot of residents had said, you know, we're proud of XYZ and this has brought this to the program. And then you talk to them about that and it's very organic. Again, helps build a rapport, helps you establish a relationship with those people that they will remember after your interview day. And you can also ask what you can do to show your interest for the program. And this is important for after the interview. The interview can take place anywhere from you know October, November, all the way up until February, right before uh, rank month, you know, back in, in uh, March of your interview season. And this helped me a lot because it told me uh, about different events and other things that were not yet posted on social media that I could then make plans for to go and see, whether that's in-person second visits or second looks, uh, whether that's different little webinars that they have that you can show up to and show your interest, or uh, you know, it's these whole formal secondary uh, events that they have that are in-person that they want you to go to if you're interested and it's a great way to show your interest in the program. And uh, this helps you differentiate from other applicants because the other applicants might not ask that question. They might not know beforehand and life gets in the way or rotations get in the way and they can't go to those. So it helps you take those extra steps in order to continue to interact with the program and its residents and its uh, faculty and attendings. And it helps put your face out there long after your interview has already taken place. And it helps you build an extra rapport with the program in person, hopefully sometimes. So that's also good to have. Thank you for that segue, Parker, into resident meet and greets. So this is something that's important because residents do have the power in choosing and helping choose who they would like to see in their incoming class. So with that in mind, 
because a lot of the interviews are virtual through Zoom, Microsoft Teams, WebEx, and what have you, so are the meet and greets. I know that a lot of us like to hide on Zoom, turn off our cameras, and be quiet because it's easy to do, especially when lectures and grand rounds were online. This is the time to let that go. Turn on your camera, put on your best personality, joke a little bit, and most importantly, have some fun as you would if it was in person. But it's also important to note to be on your best behavior. These are laid back, but they are still watching you and how you respond to and ask questions, as well as your perceived interest in the program. Residents are taking their time out of their day for this, often voluntary. Please treat them with respect and honor their time for being there. They'll sometimes ask fun, quirky questions or play some games with you, but make sure to ask some questions that you can't ask attendings. For example, what do residents do for fun? Do they like to party, hit up the local bars? What's the composition of married, dating, single residents? What do residents with relationship statuses like theirs do for fun? Where do residents live? Is there an agreed upon area that many residents live in? Has neighbors? How's the neighborhood? How's the rent? What kind of food options are there? What kind of entertainment? How are the attendings during and after their shift? Are they welcoming, more formal, or laid back? Do they go out with you or invite residents over for cookouts or the Super Bowl? How is feedback given, and how well are their feedbacks received to improve their program? How often are changes being made? What was the last big change? What are the residents working on to change for the incoming future class, hopefully you? So now that you've been through the interviews, uh, I would suggest after the interviews, you know, during breaks or after the interview itself, stop right away and note down different little things that you and the faculty or residents talked about. Uh, this could be very little things, such as different things that you gelled with or bigger things like facts about the program that you really liked. Make sure that you talk about the specific and individual things that you talked about with those faculty and residents. And especially if it's things that you got, you know, things that you like that the faculty or resident likes and things that you like about the program that you specifically talked about. This really helps you stand out and it really helps you uh, differentiate yourself from others. Um, take notes, you know, on some note taking app, it really doesn't matter. Um, but this is important because of the thank you letters and letter of intent. Uh, the thank you letters, this is kind of like you would send something, uh, you know, after an inter a job interview or, um, you know, a college interview. This really helps separate yourself from other people because some people might not send this. Um, I would definitely do this two to four weeks after you get your interview. Um, you know, they do have a stack of applications and it helps kind of put your face on the top of the pile. Um, I would definitely talk about those specific things. This is where your uh, notes and the little interests and stuff that you share with these people comes into mind and it comes into play. Uh, the letter of intent is very different. This is the most important single piece of communication between you and the programs that interview you after your interview. Um, I would say to do this at the start of rank lists, and this is very important for one reason, and it's that your interviews will take place sometime in the fall and rank lists happen sometime in March. Uh, for us, I believe it was the second or third week of March this year was when rank list orders opened and closed uh, for the programs themselves. So this, again, it helps take your face, which might have been somewhere in the middle of the pack, you know, they might not remember some stuff about you. And especially for this letter of intent, it really helps put you on the top of the pile. Remember that rank lists are, uh, you know, they're ranked by you, but they're also ranked by programs. And you really want to make sure that you're standing out during those times where it matters most when these programs are submitting their rank order lists sometime in March. The biggest thing that I do want to add about the letter of intent is it's you telling a program that you are ranking them first. And that's the most important thing about this. 
is that you are ranking that program first in your entire rank list. And so that's the importance of the letter intent. It shows the program you're very interested, you like what they had to show, and you want to contribute to that program, and therefore you want to rank them first. And that's why this is the single most important piece of communication that you have with any program. Thank you guys both, Jasmine and Parker, for your recommendation and tips. It was really in-depth, and I feel like we covered just about everything. While I still have you guys here, should we go around sharing how our interview process was? Yeah, um, can go first uh, with mine. So my interview process was heavy in the very beginning of the application cycle. Um, I One thing that really stuck out to me during my interview process is when you're interviewing, you get a good feel on whether or not you want to be there, whether or not this program that you thought initially, I hey, I really, really am interested, but then something just during the interview clicks where it's like, oh, I actually don't know if I can vibe well with this program um, overall. I don't know if I really get along or get a good feel uh, with the residents. And it's nothing against the program, but you just realize you yourself what you're looking for. And I think that's something that um, it doesn't hit you until you actually do the interviews um, with that. The first couple ones are always really nerve wracking. You kind of get all your nerves out uh, with that. And then you start to realize like, hey, the more I'm myself, actually get a lot of good feedback from that. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, Jasmine raised some good points. Uh, you know, you're going into these interviews thinking that it might be pretty technical and you might talk about medicine, but it is more of a social thing. Um, they're really looking to see how well you flesh with them and with the program. Uh, again, that's why those meet and greets are so important with the residents. Um, again, yeah, my first couple ones, I was pretty nervous. Um, take that in consideration when scheduling your interviews, actually, that's a good tip. Um, but then after that, you know, you kind of get over it. You get uh, in the groove with things. It's much like taking your first med school test for a subsequent test. The nerves are still there, but, uh, you know, you get used to it and you're able to kind of adjust from there. Um, I got almost no technical questions during any of my interviews, but it was more about, you know, creating that impression, uh, you know, gelling well with the residents and the faculty that are talking to you, just making sure you're on your best behavior. Yes, I totally agree with both of you. Um, the first ones were definitely where I got my jitters out. It was a little bit slower for me where I was more back end loaded with interviews. And the first couple weeks, possibly a full month, I only had a couple trickle in and I was freaking out. Parker being my roommate, I was talking to him like, hey, like, I don't know, like what's going to happen. But it all works out in the end. So don't worry. Um, just like they were both talking about, make sure that you reach out to programs you're very interested in. Talk to the residents there and just have a good time. This process is meant for you to meet people, them to meet you. And it's a very social event. One thing that I picked up along the interview trail that I still pull close to my heart is you can choose the hospital, but you can't choose the patient. And I think that struck a big chord with me. But as you meet more people, the residents, the attendings, faculty, staff, and just see how you vibe with their program really changes your worldview. And right now it doesn't make sense. I know it doesn't, because if you told me this in your situation, I would say, nah, I don't, I don't understand, but it'll come to you. It'll be fine. Just trust the process. You guys are gonna do great. We're all rooting for you. And that concludes this episode. Hopefully it was nice to hear some fresh new voices on our series. 
and that we were able to give you a better insight on how to be a strong applicant facing the interview process. Thank you again to Jasmine Parker for joining me today. If you found this podcast helpful, please mention it to a fellow colleague. We would greatly appreciate your support. Catch you awesome people next time on the R Squared Road to Residency podcast.